Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Hey there, Edwin. Hey, Andrew. It's Wednesday. Wednesday, right in the middle of the week. Hump day. I found out that uh, that uh, where my wife works, they often will have a uh, breakfast for everybody. On Wednesday? And they call it Hungry Hump Day. That's oh, how the about thing. That? That's how about right. That? Do they wear Wednesday socks? I Well, I, tell you, I don't know. They should, though. They you should. should. But, but isn't that a fun idea to make Wednesday the, the office breakfast today? There might be something to that. I would love my that. My friend. I would love that. <laughs> we should make Wednesday office breakfast day. And if that goes well... yeah. Maybe we can add in some other days too. <laughs> That's right. It's you know, breakfast is nice any day. Now that you is. mention it, it now is. that you mention it. All right, let's get into Galatians one. Uh, we've read. I'm just going to read again. This time, verses six through nine. But this is where I want to talk about today. I am astonished. This is English Standard Version. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there's another one. But there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. Edwin, doesn't this strike you as kind of exclusive? (laughs) I mean, to say that there's only one... When people present another one, well, it's not another one, but it is a distortion or it is a perversion. And then accursed, accursed, accursed. It just seems exclusive. It is. Oh, it is exclusive. (laughs) It is. There is one and we either surrender to the one gospel or we are accursed. As Jesus said, you're either for me or against me. Again, we talked about that. There's a lot of connections here between what we got there at the end of Matthew and what we're getting here at the beginning of Galatians. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Jesus had said, you're either for me or you're against me. And our modern culture today, we want to act like there's a third category, the neutral category that's decided not to take a side, but we're going to be okay in the end. And Jesus says, that is not how it works. If you're not advancing Mm -hmm. my cause, if you Mm -hmm. are not working in the favor of Jesus Christ, then you are a brother to him or sister to him who destroys. You are against. Paul is carrying on that message. There is the good news of Jesus Christ, and then there's distortion that is accursed. Well, let me ask you about this then, because, I mean, people looking, it'll be my turn to use the air quotes, people looking at the Christendom, there's my, my air You're quotes. You're good at that. Yeah. Good, look at air quotes. Looking at the, the Christendom, say, well, boy, but boy, all of these churches that say they believe the Bible they sure look different in mm. a lot of ways. They seem to teach and practice a lot of different things. So maybe Christianity doesn't have just one. Well, no, there is one gospel, there is and one. then there are distortions of the gospel. Okay, so even like in the first century when Paul was saying there's perversions of it, mm-hmm. that can still be true today. Yes, That is absolutely. true. And as we pointed out yesterday, as, as we were looking at Sinai, and we recognized that the sin of Sinai got institutionalized in the northern kingdom with those golden calves yeah. at Bethel and Dan, yeah. we just need to be prepared for that modern distortions of the gospel end up getting institutionalized. Okay. That there are portions, If I mean, and I'm, I'm using this somewhat metaphorically accommodative language. Uh, you know, I know that someone might 
argue that, well, if they're distorting the gospel, they're not actually part of the kingdom. I, okay, I get that. Paul but, might have been there in that yeah, camp, yeah. actually. But accommodatively, right. as we look at this institutionalizing of a distortion, there are portions of the kingdom, if you will, and there's my air quotes, the portions of the kingdom that have institutionalized the distortion. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we need to avoid that. And yeah. yes, I get it. In our modern culture so focused on tolerance and everybody just gets to do their own thing and the democratization of the gospel and of religion, folks aren't going to like that. And I understand it's going to make folks who say what Paul says look like bad guys. But this this is what the apostle says. There is one rescuing gospel and those who distort it are cursed. Well, I think we have to take a motivation there and an encouragement to seek out that one true gospel, to hold it and hold it tight because of the warning, because of this curse, this accursed, right? Um, So I need to learn about that. Help me learn about that. First of all, I do want to point out that at a day and time when paper was at a premium, Mm-hmm. You know, it, G, uh, Paul wasn't sitting at a word processor no. typing in something and backspacing and typing some more and going back and fixing it. And and then, look, I have almost an endless supply of paper. Paper was a premium, and so yeah. he's writing things. I just want to point out, he said this twice. He said it twice in a row. And for, for anyone at that time, as they're writing, mm-hmm. to write something twice in a row, they are really driving it home. They're trying to let you know, this this is important. This thing that I just said. To me, I think it's interesting because he says it. If mm-hmm. anybody preaches a different gospel than what we preached, he is accursed. Right. As I said before. Now, when I hear people say, as I said before, I often think they mean, you know, when I was here in Acts 13, 14, when I was, I was here on my before. trip, you know, I was here before and I told you this, but he's, as I said before, you know, in the last sentence, in, in the I'm, line above I'm gonna that say we it just again. read, I'm yeah. going to say it again. I mean, in case you missed it, let me just write it again. If you distort this, mm-hmm. anybody who distorts this is accursed, whether it's an angel, mm-hmm. an apostle mm-hmm. or anybody else who comes in. He says, even if Paul says, even if it's me. Even if I come yeah, even if we, and teach you yeah. something different, let me be accursed. What a powerful thing. The word so, for accursed. So he puts himself under this same condemnation. He does. If he changes the gospel. He does. Yeah. He does. The word for accursed, you were talking about needing to learn that. It's The, the word translated here is the word anathema. Mm-hmm. There are some translations that even use that word anathema. Okay. Uh, the American Standard Version, I know, is one that uses that anathema. Whoever he is, is let it be Anathema. So that's basically just transliteration then, right? Because, yes. Because it's the Greek word is anathema, yeah. right? Yeah. Which which is the idea of accursed. And when we look back in the Old Testament, we actually see that word used, and it, it's the concept of something that is devoted to destruction. Okay. A place where we are most likely to recognize it is back in Joshua chapter 6 and 7. Okay. In Joshua chapter 6, God is telling Israel to go to Jericho, and he mm-hmm. says that Jericho is anathema. It okay. is devoted to destruction. What they are supposed to do is knock the city. The, the walls are going to come tumbling down. They're supposed to kill everybody in the city. That's the part I remember about the walls come tumbling yeah. down. <laughs> God's judgment on the Gentiles and their worship and the evil and the wicked they were doing. And so they were going to be executed. And then everything was supposed to be burned. Mm. And God very specifically says in Joshua chapter 6, verses 17 through 18, that nobody is supposed to take from the city what is anathema what is devoted to destruction. Everything is supposed to be burned. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be a heap. It's never supposed to be rebuilt. That's what anathema is. That's what anathema, that's a curse devoted to destruction. 
of course, you remember when they went into Jericho, somebody didn't listen. Yeah. Do, you, do you remember that? I do. It was Achan. Yeah. Yeah. He took some of the treasures away out of there and hid them. And so they go to Ai mm-hmm. and they get beat. Yeah. And Joshua is just, I, I don't understand. I don't understand what happened. And God says, hey, get up. Look, I told you what was going to happen. You you need to look among you. Somebody took what was devoted to destruction and had have now made Israel accursed. Devoted to destruction. In Joshua chapter 7, verses 11 through 13, here's what God says. Israel has sinned. They have transgressed my covenant that I commanded them. They have taken some of the devoted things, the accursed, the anathema things. They have stolen and lied and put them among their own belongings. Therefore, the people of Israel cannot stand before their enemies. They turn their backs before their enemies because they have become anathema, Mm -hmm. devoted for destruction. I will be with you no more unless you destroy the devoted things from among you. Get up, consecrate the people, and say, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, there are anathema, there are devoted things in your midst. O Israel, you cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the anathema things from you, the devoted things from you. And so, of course, Achan ends up becoming devoted to destruction, he and his family, and that appeases the wrath of God, and Israel then is allowed to go on into the land. There's where we see devoted to destruction. There is a lot of baggage then that comes along with this word. I mean, <laughs> if, if you're familiar with these Old Testament stories, I mean, this is an utter judgment from God. Yeah. This is terrifying language to be under anathema. Okay, so now let's t- look at a passage that I think really applies to what's going on here in Galatians. Okay. That, that's the story we all know, so we can get that picture. Let me take you to a passage that maybe we aren't as familiar with, but in Deuteronomy chapter 13, beginning at verse 12, here's what God says. If you hear in one of your cities, which the Lord your God is giving you to dwell there, that certain worthless fellows have gone out among you and have drawn away the inhabitants of their city, saying, Let us go and serve other gods which you have not known, then you shall inquire and make search and ask diligently. And behold, if it be true and certain that such an abomination has been done among you, you shall surely put the inhabitants of that city to the sword, devoting it to destruction." anathema, all who are in it and its cattle with the edge of the sword. You shall gather all its spoil into the midst of its open square and burn the city and all its spoil with fire as a whole burnt offering to the Lord your God. It shall be a heap forever. It shall not be built again. None of the devoted things shall stick to your hand that the Lord may turn from the fierceness of his anger and show you mercy and have compassion on you and multiply you as he swore to your fathers. So if there was a city in ancient Israel and a few of the people in that city became idolaters and preaching idolatry and the city went along with it the city protected it, the city followed it the city gave itself over to idolatry then the whole city is destined for destruction and a curse it's not just those first teachers it's everybody that had a part in it which drives home Paul's point here in Galatians when he says that if anyone teaches a different gospel a gospel that you weren't told a gospel that you don't know a gospel that is different let him be accursed. Well, what he's saying is these teachers are worthless fellows that are leading the cities, the churches astray. Mm -hmm. And the point being is that the churches themselves who follow this accursed doctrine become accursed, devoted to destruction. Now, Paul's not saying, hey guys, we're going to burn up churches and we're going to execute people. He's just driving home. Judgment is coming for you. And not just for the person who taught it, but for you who followed it. If you let these worthless fellows lead you astray, it will lead you to being accursed. 
There's a similar warning. It doesn't have the word anathema, but in 2 John uh, verse 10, 2 John verse 10 and 11, where the apostle John warns the Christians about following teachers with a different doctrine than the doctrine of Christ. What does that say? Okay, so the scripture there says, if anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, do not receive him into your house, nor greet him, for he who greets him shares in his evil deeds. Mm. Yeah, and the greeting there is not just if you say hi, but it's kind of that idea of you've accepted and yeah. welcomed and you've brought bring them him in. into your house, bring him into the church and, you know, make him your 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 teacher, your yeah. guy. Yeah. So here's the thing. I, what I get from this is the personal responsibility that I need to be in God's word to know the gospel. Yeah. Because what I will not be able to do on the day of judgment is say, but Lord, the preacher said... Can I tell you, I take that personal responsibility, and I think I also take a greater awareness that this is a this is a real issue. This is really going on. The idea that there are uh, institutionalized, corrupted gospels, that there are teachers leading people astray, that is not all theoretical, and that is not all something from the you know bygone past that Paul had to deal with in the first century. But that's settled now. This is going on today, and this also ties with James, which we're actually going to read in a couple of weeks here. Be not many teachers because you get stricter judgment. You know, mm. there's the personal responsibility for everybody who's listening to get in and find it. But but we as teachers have an extraordinary responsibility to teach the true gospel. Yeah. Because not only will we be accursed, but we lead others astray and yeah. they are accursed. And yeah. it, that'll be at our hands. So yeah. we've got to be we got to be in the word. Absolutely. We, we got to know the gospel. We got to preach the gospel. How about we wrap up on that on that high note? <laughs> I mean, well, what could be a higher note than we got to know the gospel and preach the gospel? But yeah, let's pray about that. Our great God and Father, thank you, Lord, for today. We, Lord, as you know, we we've been reading and thinking about some some uh, heavy things today. To be humbled in the face of the certain judgment, the idea of anathema, it played out in Joshua, it played out in Deuteronomy, and this is the language that the Apostle Paul used as well. Father, we want to take it to heart to understand that the gospel is precious. It needs to be known and and protected against any those that would pollute it or distort it because because Father the the impact and the effect of distorted gospels is just just awful and what Jesus has given up and done to purchase us and shedding His precious blood that is something that we must never take lightly uh, but understand just how important and serious it is Father give us discernment give us wisdom may we speak the truth in love but Father may we always speak the truth. Uh, Hold ourselves and our teachers accountable to it as well. We put our trust in your word and in your revelation, in your grace. We believe in you and love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna, Christ is captain of the mighty throne.